If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I feel like Mel has a different baseline to all of us. Yeah, I think your bell curve is way off. <laughs> but it's okay. I respect your rating. I respect your B rating. Like there are people who will be like, I'll go, I'll go to this like completely like no reason to go to village and stay there for a month you know what i mean and then like all right but can you just recognize that 99 percent of people will not take 10 months off of their life to travel solo around south america please just say yes yeah totally i, I totally i totally get it but like all right yeah that's fair okay a minus a minus a minus <laughs> Hi everybody, my name's Steph and I'm June and you're listening to our podcast List Me Tinder where we delve into bucket lists of things to do before you turn 30. So Daph, today's episode is Step Outside of Your Comfort Zone. Mmm, what is the blurb? Tell me. Personal growth only happens when we step out of our comfort zones. So break away from your routine and immerse yourself in something new and different, something which matters to you. Mm, I think stepping out of comfort zone is something that everyone talks about. Mm -hmm. Whether or not people do it, I think it really depends on everyone's own level of what comfort zone means yes for sure for this week i have a very special guest that will be joining us on the show um her name is mel and i have known mel for a super long time Mm -hmm. since we were little babies in university and i've also lived with her for at least six years of my life. I think it was eight. Mm -hmm. Hi, Mel. Hi, Mel. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Hi, June. Hi, Daph. So technically, Mel is like a husband. We live really well together. I do miss our time when we lived Mm -hmm. together in our early 20s. I liked how you called me like a husband as opposed to like a wife. Oh, you were definitely a husband. (laughs) I was the wife. (laughs) So Mel currently lives in Whistler. Mm -hmm. uh, And I feel very lucky because she is a two hours drive away from me. And she's been in Whistler for how long? Uh, Since... October 2018. So Mel, when we thought of this topic, we did automatically think of you. The both of us did. We did. <laughs> think so. And in fact, for a second, when you were pulling out of it, potentially, we were both really freaked out because we couldn't think of anything <laughs> that we would talk about if it was just the two of us. Maybe it would just be good to get your thoughts on um, like your definition of comfort zone and, and what came to your mind when I was like, hey Mel, come into this um, episode and talk to us about stepping out of your comfort zone. You know, it's it's funny because I think of that topic and I, I don't really feel like I'm the sort of person that necessarily always goes out of my way to step outside of my comfort zone. Right. So you're not doing it intentionally with that thought in mind. Exactly. Like I, I just feel like I pursue certain things that I'm interested in doing mm-hmm. and they happen to be perceived by other people as being something that would be outside of 
a regular person's comfort zone. I do feel like I'm outside of my comfort zone when I'm going into something unfamiliar. Like I definitely, you know, like when I'm scared of something, like that thrill of fear that runs through me. Like I, I definitely know the feeling, but I've never sort of done it because I've, you know, woken up one morning and thought, I want to do something different today. I'm going to like challenge myself. I just kind of go about doing the things I do. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, You're just living your life. Yeah, I just I just live my life. For me, why I would love to have Mel be on the show is a couple of years ago, I think three or four years ago, Mel did a solo travel trip around South America by herself. And mm-hmm. like you guys have already heard, I don't think Mel really thinks about it like, oh, I'm doing this like big thing. She just does what she wants to do. But for me as an outsider, I was like, what? <laughs> Yes, and to be clear, this wasn't just a one or two week yeah. trip. How long was this trip? I think it was a six to eight months trip. And like, I was genuinely, for me, I was like, you're doing this on your own. Is it safe? Are you going to be yeah. meeting people there? What is your plan? What do you, but Mel being Mel was just, yeah, I'm doing this. I And then sh- off she went. Yeah, Mel is on- freaking tough. Tell us about it. Oh, well, it, it started off as like, I intended to travel for about six to seven months and ended up being 10 months in duration. What prompted the trip was that I'd always wanted to travel in South America and I'd done, you know, um, smatterings of solo travel um, for shorter stints before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always sort of thought, look, South America is just one of those like areas of the world that is just so vast that I would need like a decent stretch of time not just like two weeks off work to go and travel to justify like the cost of the flight out there from Australia and then like around that time actually um, I was just getting these um, like these automated letters from the director of my division at work saying like I had accrued too much annual leave um, and that I should take it. Wow what a nice problem to have. It was just like you have more than like 30 days. You have more than 40 days of annual leave and it kept sort of increasing. I just decided that I wanted to take like a sabbatical and take all of my leave at once and ask for a period of leave without pay. Um, And so I worked out how much money I would have um, saved up and decided how much time I could not work for and asked for that much time off and it was approved it was approved straight away they didn't bat an eyelid the fact that you just wanted to take months off at a time yeah and like I I guess I was really lucky because I worked um for the government and uh, it was one of those things where like after a number of years of service it was uh, quite acceptable for people to take like a long period of time like up to 12 months off Mm. and I decided okay well this is the perfect opportunity for me to travel to South America. Mm. Tell us a bit more about your South America trip. Actually, specifically, I would like to know if at any point, you know, did you feel like you were stepping out of your comfort zone? Or once again, was it something that just happened? You were there? Like, was there any, like, is there anything that sticks out in your mind? For a visual, Mel is a very petite Asian girl and... (laughs) You know, you hear things about South America not being the most safe place and there's a lot of safety concerns. So, yeah, were you freaked out at all? I've never really been the type of person who felt too scared about my personal safety 
but yeah, I mean, like, like I said, like when you guys invited me to talk about um, the stuff on your podcast, I had cause to reflect on how it was that I came to decide I was going to spend seven months in South America, um, which in the end turned out to be 10. And I realized that to, to take a big step like that, I didn't just go from like zero to hero. Everything that I've done in terms of travel has happened incrementally. I, you know, I've just been like a really fortunate person who's had the opportunity to travel a lot during university. And I've always had like my parents there in case anything went wrong. Like I've always felt safe and supported Mm -hmm. and all those kinds of things have, have led me to travel by myself in smaller bits before I ended up going to South America. So for example, like the first time I ever traveled by myself was kind of part of a more formal program. I went to uh, Paris in France uh, for two weeks on um, a women in engineering student conference. And then after that, you know, I went on exchange to Norway, to uh, the University of Oslo in Norway. And I spent six months there when I was like, 22 or 23 during you know during the semester I traveled with friends on short trips Um, and then at the end of my semester on exchange I traveled by myself through eastern Europe for six for six weeks um, visiting people along the way so you were really building up these muscles yeah I traveled with my friend to attend her um, engagement ceremony in Bangladesh and then after that I had a spare week and I was like oh well while I'm on the subcontinent I should like pop over to India because I've never been to India before I'm not <laughs> and so I spent a week in India by myself which um which I did feel a little bit like unsafe about in certain parts and then I guess eventually taking my sabbatical and then traveling solo through South America was the culmination of all the like like you said, like all the muscles I had exercised throughout my life. In the end, like if you say it without that context, it sounds like it was a really big step. But when you realize that that's just how it came about, then mm. it, it's like a natural it's, Yeah, extension. it's like a progression, an incremental progression. And the funny thing is like Amazing. I was 28 when I traveled through South America. I met people who were like traveling alone, like women who were traveling alone through South America who were like 18. Whoa! You know what though? Okay, so I'm gonna say it's actually easier to go as an 18 year old. I agree. As a 28 year old, you have established ideas and you're kind of more set in your ways. And so I think it's much more difficult for someone that's not a teenager. 100%. <laughs> I remember going to India on exchange when I was 20, 19, and I don't think I could do it if I was 29. That's curious. Can you elaborate on, on why you feel that way? Ignorance. When you're younger, you don't know much of the world and you just go into things not really thinking about all the different scenarios. I feel the older I've gotten, the more aware I am of all these things that could happen and I'm more scared to do stuff. Versus when I'm young, I'm just like, I don't know any better. And I think too, there's obviously like that portion that Daph said, but also when you're later on in life, as you've started your career, you have a certain trajectory and you're aiming towards certain like career goals and life milestones as well. So I think it's mm-hmm. harder as you're more established in your quote unquote adult life. In terms of taking time to do that. Time and that level of risk. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. 
I want to ask, so what was the trip? You say South America. What countries were on your list? Did you have your legs planned? How flexible was it? I sort of, I had a general idea of the of the route, mm-hmm. but only in so far as I knew I was going to fly into Santiago de Chile because mm-hmm. uh, it was the cheapest flight to that continent from Sydney. My only must-do thing on my list was that I wanted to hike in Patagonia in Chile. So I ended up starting in Chile, then I went up north, and then I crossed over into the north of Argentina, and then I crossed over into Bolivia. I spent a month there, then I crossed over into Peru and like sort of beelined it to meet my parents in Lima. I think I took like a bus that was 24 hours or something like that. When they left, I went north into like the mountains in Peru and like spent a bunch of time there hiking and did my first mountaineering like trip there. Then I went into um, Ecuador and then the Galapagos where I met my best ever travel buddy, Kati. So from there, we went into the rest of Ecuador, Colombia, and she wanted to go north. And that was where my route was going to loop me around south through Brazil, except when I first decided I was going to do that route, I didn't realize that like the whole sort of south part of Colombia and the north part of Brazil, like that whole border is like almost impassable because it's it's the jungle. Right. And then like there's just no roads through the Amazon. So you either fly in or you take a boat. I crossed the border into the sister city next to Leticia in Brazil, Tabatinga and took um, like a local passenger sort of boat or like a ferry where you bring a hammock. You, you, bring, a hammock. <laughs> you bring a hammock and you find a hook on the deck and that's where you sleep for the duration of the boat trip. So I think I took like wow. three boat trips cumulatively, which ended up being like seven days sleeping in a hammock on the boat. That sounds idyllic. All the way down like the Amazon <laughs> River. Question. Yeah. So... When you were doing all of this, never once were you like, oh, this is interesting. Ah, Freaking crazy. crazy. (laughs) Were you just, oh, yeah, this is what I need to do. This is my life now. (laughs) Uh, Not like, oh, this is crazy. But I definitely like, I think I I mentioned it before, like, I I definitely felt this thrill, you know, like sometimes like when you weren't sure how things were going to go, when I wasn't sure how things were going to go, I would feel this like, electric thrill of fear in me or like this nervousness that was borderline Mm -hmm. like a fun feeling and borderline like a bad feeling (laughs) (laughs) is that your gut and your brain telling you different things (laughs) i don't know like it's kind of like you're scared but you're excited as well right okay and you like that I like it because never did I once think I'm so scared. Okay. I don't want to do this. I, this was a mistake. I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm so scared. It was like an excited fear. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Interesting. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
So I think this is might be a good quick segue into the activities that you're doing now that you live in Whistler and the activities that you've picked up in the last year. Yeah. Specifically, I'm talking about Mel's picked up climbing and skiing and mountain biking. And backcountry skiing, which I had no idea was even a thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Backcountry and mountaineering. Can you just explain it to me like I'm five? What's happening? Okay. Well, you know, like when you list all the activities discreetly, it makes it sound like I'm doing lots of different random sporadic new things. But like to me, they... It's like a whole area of skills, specifically like mountain... An ecosystem of skills. Exactly, like an ecosystem of skills um, for competence in the mountains. In a safe way. They're just like different... It's just like different facets of how to enjoy yourself <laughs> and in the mountains. Right, without dying. Sorry, what was the question, Dad? Mountain <laughs> skills. <laughs> it really does sound so benign. Yeah, mountain skills. My my question was more like relating that that fear, excitement, thrill, feeling, emotion mm-hmm. that you get to these right the adrenaline the adrenaline to these mountain activities um, that you enjoy doing. I have definitely experienced similar feelings when I'm doing those activities mm-hmm. as when I'm taking other risks. Like when's the last time you felt that in an activity? of the fear plus excitement yesterday i went skiing by myself and i've only just started doing double blacks this year chill double blacks on in the ski hill chill double blacks (laughs) for people that don't know what double black means that means that it's the hardest yeah yeah well i've already been on two double black runs with chris Right. Um, Chris is my boyfriend. Um, so I was trying to retrace like a route that he'd taken me on like a few days before. Mm-hmm. And I did retrace probably like 30% of the route. And then I realized mm-hmm. that I didn't cut across this basin that I should have. And I stayed high and I traversed and I right. ended up somewhere else. But, you know, I peered over the edge and it seemed okay. And in fact, it was really mellow. But like at the time <laughs> when I was like skiing through okay. this bowl... <laughs> And, like, not recognizing the terrain around me, I was like, am I really doing this? Like, I've only just started skiing double blacks, and now I'm doing it by in yourself. the Alpine by myself. And I have no idea whether I'm going to end up at the top of this, like, really gnarly route that I will hurt myself getting down. And then I felt that fear, the thrill of fear. Uh, for a visual, Daph is clutching her face. <laughs> She's experiencing the fear just through you telling this story vicariously. Yeah, um, but it happens all the it like doing all these like mountain activities. Right. Like, so this is not an uncommon. It's, it's much more common now than I mm-hmm. ever used to feel. It, you know, I think like I said at the beginning, it's not like I, I go out to chase that feeling. Mm-hmm. I just do the things that I do, and then once in a while, yeah. I like experience the feeling, and it. To me, it's quite welcome because I, I think I, mm-hmm. I think I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> you don't say, Mel. <laughs> and then it finishes, and then I move on, and I'm doing other stuff. And sometimes yeah. that's more yeah. extreme. Well, mm. yeah. Because now you need more. <laughs> Everything that I do that's a step up is just like the next thing I want to do. You know, I'm not not going to keep doing the same things over and over again because then there's no development, right? Oh God, there's such no... a climber. <sighs> 
nothing exciting. So it's more about growth for you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Every I think my whole life is about growth. Some people find their sweet spot and they're like happy in their sweet spot and then they do the things yeah. in their sweet spot. I've never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. I've never thought that that was an option. I want to ask you, Mel, a bit more on like knowledge and and about ideas. So we were still living together when this happened. Um, you attended the Festival of Dangerous Ideas, which is now no longer mm-hmm. a, fe- a festival at the Sydney Opera House. Oh, really? Yeah. But it was a great program. Um, it ran across a weekend and the whole concept was they brought on speakers to talk about quote-unquote debatable subjects and one of the talks you attended Mel which I think you were really taken with passionate about (laughs) passionate about um was a talk by Dan Savage um and I wanted to like chat a little bit about that um this one specific talk I went to was presented by Dan Savage who's um Mm -hmm. a well-known LGBTQI activist and political commentator Mm. But he's kind of only developed into that persona from his original, I guess, job of being a sex and relationship advice columnist, then podcaster. So what he was talking about was this concept of um, a like a monogamish relationship. And that's what he and his Mm. now husband, Terry, um, it's Mm. the the style of relationship that they were in, um, mm-hmm. which is like two people mostly monogamous, so completely like committed to each other, but once in a while they have, um, they engage in like ethical non-monogamy, which is like them allowed to have like relationships with other people outside of their marriage, but like with the right. consent. With permission. and Yeah, with the permission of their spouse. The concept of monogamy is not that, you know, two people who make that commitment to each other necessarily suddenly stop feeling attracted in every way to any other person in the world. Mm. It's not that suddenly you, you fall in love and now you're no longer attracted to that you know, hot guy at work or the funny person that you talk to at the cafe every morning when you get your coffee. Like, it's not like Mm -hmm. you suddenly stop feeling emotions or feelings for other people. It's that you don't, you, if you make a commitment to someone, you just stop acting romantically, I guess, towards the people that you have these feelings for. So did this philosophy and process kind of, was this new for you? Did it get you out of your comfort zone? How did you find it? I think at the time, I'd never really examined relationships like that before in my head. Um, And like just the whole process of reframing what a relationship is and it being something that a normal, like inverted commas, like normal people could do that really made me feel like just it just kind of opened my mind. And I know like, Really, none of these concepts are new. I think it was more that he made it... Accessible. He made it, yeah. Mm, Like he's living it and he's... Right, and it's like totally normal. You know, like you obviously hear about people in open relationships and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of people have certain views about that. Um, But it was never something that in the scope of my life to that point, I think I was 26 when I went to this talk, that Mm -hmm. I'd ever thought... 
I would do in my life, you know, and mm. I'm not saying that I, I would necessarily want to now, but it completely changed the whole way that I looked at relationships. Yeah, did you go on to give this process a go? No, I, I haven't I haven't tried it, but it's definitely something that I would consider potentially it, if, you know, if it felt right. It's not something that I feel like I, I necessarily must do. I think I was so taken with the idea that it just sort of gained momentum in my head. Yes. I would say it consumed you for a few months because I remember going over to your place a few times and just learning so much about this. <laughs> and for context, I think I was engaged at the time. Oh, so really? it was really <laughs> poor timing. But I remember you were very passionate about well, it. You were like yeah, because I, evangelizing. Yeah, I, I was just so taken with it, you know? Yeah. And now I think yeah. it's sort of settled in my. It's just, it's just something that, you know, I think about. I like still another option. Yeah, I still listen yeah. to Dan Savage's podcast. Uh, Daff, would you ever consider this monogamish? I like the idea of it. I personally don't think you can execute it. I can't anyway. I love the idea mm. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, in, but as a concept, as a concept, I I agree, and it makes a lot of sense, but executing it i think i personally would struggle now's a time where i'll go through some lightning rounds pew 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 that is the sound of lightning (laughs) um so mel what this section is is we go around and give ourselves a grade school rating on how well you think you have performed in terms of getting out of your comfort zone to do with that topic okay are you ready yes yes Knowledge and ideas. <laughs> I will give myself a C for knowledge and idea in terms of oh. stepping out of my comfort zone. Care to elaborate? Um, so the whole like monogamish thing that Mel brought back when I was pretty <laughs> interested in that and recently on the same vein of that, I've been really obsessed with Esther Perel. Oh um, my God, I love Esther Perel. Dan loves yes. Esther Perel as well. So... <laughs> um, Anyways, she's also in a similar vein and she like, you know, reframes infidelity and cheating and, you know, it's just a different way of like looking at relationships and having a different type of conversations. So I'm going to give myself a C in terms of being open to different ideas of how you should live your life or how you should be framing things in the world. I think I would give myself a C as well (laughs) because while... I'm kind of open-minded and I try to be on a lot of things. I feel like I'm also a little bit fixed sometimes, like on politics and I'm not as like judgment-free when it comes to, I don't know, certain topics of politics, which we won't go into, but you know what I mean? Like I feel like I can sometimes be fixed, which I think is a really a bad trait. Um, And knowing that about myself, I'm trying to like, be a little bit less close-minded but yeah so that's why I would give myself a C Mm -hmm. I think I'd give myself a D maybe for similar reasons as Mel I I do think I know what I know and I don't know what I don't know and there's generally not a huge amount of enthusiasm to try and know about the things that I don't but yeah I'm trying to get better at that too Mm -hmm. the next area is travel I'm gonna give myself also a C in travel Um, And the reason being is I have tried solo traveling once and really did not like it. 
I also have quite a set view. I have traveled lots, but I have also like a very set view of places I want to go. I think I'd give myself like a B. Mel, you are such a harsh marker. <laughs> if you give yourself a B. I think you're you an A. I'd say you're an A++. <laughs> well, yeah, but then like I meet people who who travel and they they travel like in a completely different way. Like even when I go when I went into South America and it all seems so exotic and adventurous, you know, like I was just basically doing stuff that other people who travel from you know the West, I guess, other Western people who go to South America would also do. Okay. You know what I mean? I feel like Mel has a different baseline to all of us. Yeah, I think your bell curve is way off. <laughs> but it's okay. I respect your rating. I respect your B rating. Like, there are people who will be like, I'll go I'll go to this, like, completely, like, no reason to go to village and stay there for a month. You know what I mean? And then, like... All right, but can you just recognize that 99% of people will not take 10 months off of their life to travel solo around South America, please? Just say yes. Yeah, totally. I, I totally, I totally get it. But, like... All right. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, A minus. A minus. <laughs> a minus. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I guess I have to give myself a freaking F or something. <laughs> like, my last three trips were to the Canadian Rockies, before that, to Disney World, before that, a cruise trip to Fiji. All those? <laughs> Which, by the way, never go on a cruise. <laughs> oh no, all those things sound amazing. They were fun, but they were definitely all within my comfort zone like very much so which is enjoyable Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is so enjoyable um yes danger is not a key requirement (laughs) of uh my travel planning okay so love um i'm gonna give myself a d pretty safe with love um i would say um like a b i have a little anecdote and and daf you were there um in real time to experience this kind of Big but small. Why are you covering your mouth from laughing? Big but small <laughs> leap in my love life at what the time. Was the leap? Okay, so it was when I kind I asked my barista out on a date. This was like the first time that I just kind of blindly, kind of blindly thrown yourself. Yeah, thrown myself into the situation where it was like, "Hey, I think you're cute. Do you want to go out with me?" So what happened? I wrote. Well, I wrote a draft note, and then I wrote this little note. Oh my god, you wrote him a note! I wrote, a, I wrote him a note, yeah. So I wrote it on a little piece of, like, brown paper that I cut, like, into with scissors. And then I, I folded up my little piece of paper, and I put it in my pocket. Oh, Val, this is too, too and good. And then I, I wanted to give it to him, but I couldn't find the right time. Like, he was too busy every... He was pretty busy every morning. And so I carried it. I carried this note in my pocket for, like, three days. <laughs> Until it was like kind of crumpled, so it was like on this crumpled piece of brown paper that was right. folded up. He he was making coffees and he was really busy, so I sort of said when I got my coffee, I was like, "Hey, um, I, I, I this here's a note for you." And he took the note and he put it in his pocket, and I was like, oh, "Okay." And then I was like uh-huh. quite upset when like come the afternoon when I was about to leave work, I hadn't yet had a text message from him. But eventually he did message, wow. and then eventually we did go on a date. But it was only one date. 
That is pretty brave. I will give you that. Yeah. B minus. I ha- so B minus. <laughs> B minus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So now's the point of our podcast where we ask all our guests some FAQs. All right. I'm going to read the first one, Mel. FAQ. Mm-hmm. Something you wish your 20-year-old self knew. I kind of have two answers for that. I mean, the first is I kind of wish I knew how much I would love like doing certain activities and exploring certain adventure, like adventures in, say, the mountains, but really any sort of adventurous activities. And then the second thing was I, I kind of wish I had a firmer handle on what values I have now and back then for example you know I I quite value being conscientious and I think Daph when you in one of your previous episodes you were saying like you kind of wish you had been more conscientious during university I kind of wish the same and I think I strayed from my value of being conscientious and now that I look back on that I wish I had been a little bit more consistent Mm -hmm. that being said at the same time like I kind of believe that we're like the culmination of of all of our experiences and all of the mistakes that mm-hmm. we've made. Totally. So, like, it's natural to look back and wish you'd done certain things differently. That's how you grew. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to reflect but not regret. Something you'd like to say to your 40-year-old self? Never stop adventuring. So appropriate. Mm-hmm. And the last question. Uh, what did you definitely want to do before you're 30? You know, it's funny. When I was in um, high school, I kind of had this image. I, I was, you know that movie, 13 Going on 30, about this girl in middle school who just, like, wishes she was 30? Like, I was like her. I would wish that I was so grown up and I had this image of myself at 30 wearing, like, a power suit, like, you know, in an important role at work somewhere like I wasn't even sure what I wanted to do for work but I knew I wanted to wear a suit and be like important and powerful Mm. and then in the end I actually ended up doing that before I was 30 I had um an important job and I had authority in my job I wore a suit every day if I wanted like when I went to court so when I was in Australia by the way I was working as a lawyer so I did that okay tick big tick and then achieved it before 30 decided you want something else and then moved to whistler and is mountaineering (laughs) yeah exactly right thank you so much mel it's been pretty interesting having you on you've explored a lot of different areas that is definitely a big challenge to me and i have so much respect for you having done all the different things that you have and not even really thinking about it in the way of oh i should try this thing out but just seeing it as like a next step so it's really inspiring thanks june yes thanks mel coming on i could not think of anyone more suitable to <laughs> yeah. chat to about this topic okay so and that's a wrap for us for this episode for next episode we also have another special guest yes and the topic that we will be talking about is find your thing in exercise yes yes we have our wonderful friend sarah joining us and she'll be talking all things yoga which is her thing in exercise yep 
spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Yep. Let us know what things you've done to get outside of your comfort zone or leave any comments or find us on Instagram. And rate and review us. <laughs> please, please do. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.